Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gentlemen. I am one-fourth of your co-host, Tiffany E. And on behalf of Janae, Alexis, and Nicole, welcome back to the show. So today, it is time to have our storyline recap. I know, I know, I am superiorly late with the storyline recap. And usually, I'm very early. But today, (sighs) I had to make sure that all of the matches were announced, number one. And number two, your girl is going out of town. So I had to hurry up and make sure I got this up. Now, this isn't exactly the favorite segment of the show. Everybody doesn't like my storyline recaps, but it's all right because there are some of you who actually enjoy it. And those of you that do, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. You enjoy my antics, my grandeur. Yes. Well, it's time to get into it. Okay, so let's start off with the big kahunas. Okay, let's start off to why we're here. All right, it is Survivor Series War Games. Okay, now if you have never experienced war games, never seen war games, don't know how war games work, then honey, what are you doing with your life? Now, the last two years of war games, mm, I'd skip, okay, because they're not exactly the best of the best. I'd go back to when Undisputed Era was always in war games. Let's go back to NXT Black and Gold when William Regal would come out and scream, war games, and we all loved it, and it was amazing. (laughs) Those are the war games that you need to watch because they were damn near perfect flawless okay now listen especially the first and the second women's war games match perfection loved it okay Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae did their damn thing in that war games match and they were going up against a heel Bianca at her best a heel EO Sky at her best a heel Shayna Baszler and Kaylee Ray some of the top girls in the company okay and they were doing it but now the tables have turned. Uncle Trip Trip has decided to treat us with war games on the main roster. And Bay Bay, he did not come to play with you hoes, okay? So let's go into the very first war game smash that we want to talk about. And let's get into Team Bianca versus Team Damage Control. Now, Damage Control made their illustrious debut around SummerSlam. And during that time, Damage Control made it very clear what they set out to do. They came out to what? Seek and destroy. It was anybody and everybody can get it. And they did just that. From Candice LeRae to Becky Lynch to Dana Brooke to even Oscar and Bliss. They took out five of the top females, excluding Dana Brooke. No shade. No shade, but excluding Dana Brooke. Okay? Five of the top females in the WWE on the women's side took them out respectfully, okay? And was like, you hoes is in our way. You contesting me. And we don't like that shit. The first person they went after was Becky Lynch, all right? Brutalized her. Took her out. Then they had Bliss and Oscar and Bianca going up against the three of them. You know what I'm saying? They got tired of that. Took out Blisk and Oscar. Gone. Two weeks. Out. Didn't see him for weeks. Bianca was on her own. And just about every turn, Bailey had control of how this shit was being directed. She made sure that it was steered in her direction. But one thing she did not account for was Bianca Belair's tenacity and her sheer 
willpower to succeed over any obstacle that was put in her way. And boy, did she do it, okay? From going to extreme rules in the first ever women's ladder match and beating Bailey clean, despite her having interference with her goons, to then moving into Crown Jewel and still besting Bailey at her own game in a last woman standing match. She thought she had it all in the bag. And at every chance she got, she fell to the EST. And now this is her last trick in the bag. The last come up that she has. And that is War Games. But this time, she didn't initiate the match. It was Team Bianca that came up with the match. You see, they got tired of being attacked and taken out every chance they got. And Bliss and Asuka had to walk around knowing that these two took their titles from them. And it was all because Nikki Cross was in her feelings about not being able to continue to succeed as Nikki Ash. You see, Nikki Cross came into play. Because Nikki lost to Candice LeRae. And that was when Nikki had finally broke. That was when the shield or that nice little wall she had up protecting Crazy Nikki from coming out was finally decimated. And Crazy Nikki appeared and she now has decided that she is a friend of no one. And that she is only on team damage control to do just that. Damage. Okay. Now, she ain't no friend of Bailey's and Dakota's and EO's, but they've been able to persuade her to be on Damage Control's side. And while they were trying to recruit Mi Chen, a.k.a. Mia Yim, as their fifth member on the squad, she decided to defect and join Bianca's team because she felt like that was a better fit for her. And what better way to be fitting in is to go up into war games, honey. And while Mi Chin has her own problems with our very own friend Ripples, Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley decided, mm, since Mi Chin is going to be a part of War Games, I'm going to join too. Because she thinks she could just come back to WWE and try to stomp me out. Oh, nay, 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 honey. This is not about you. This is my story. I am writing this one. Okay? So, of course, me and Yim... And, of course, Rhea Ripley having their rivalry, they decided to join the opposing teams. And now we are at four and five. Damage control is set and complete, but Bianca's team is missing a member. Now, this Friday coming up, Bianca Belair is supposed to announce or at least show us who her fifth member will be. Everybody's speculating that it's Sasha Banks. You see the girls looking at the pictures. They say it's blue hair in the pictures. It's definitely Sasha Banks. She's coming back. A lot of people are speculating that it's Becky Lynch. Either way, the fifth member of Team Bianca will be revealed this Friday right before War Games. And everybody needs to tune in to Friday Night Smackdown in order for them to find out who that will be. Or you could just go on Twitter. Twitter or Instagram, somebody will show it. And I'm pretty sure WWE's TikTok will do it too. Yeah. So if you missed the show, all you got to do is just say, who's the fifth member? Right on Google and bam, it'll pop right back up. You know what I'm saying? 
But anyways, who do we think is going to win in this match? Now, we already know who has the advantage. Team Damage Control won the advantage this past Monday. And if my theory is correct, which usually it is, no pun intended, Bianca Belair and them will be the winners. They will be the victors of War Games. Now, a lot of y'all might not believe me. A lot of y'all might think that Rhea Ripley's going to win for her team, which will set up Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley because Rhea Ripley is owed a title shot. A lot of y'all think that um, Alexa Bliss is going to turn on Bianca and the whole squad. She may or may not, but either way, Team Bianca is going to win this match. Every time, every single time we watch War Games, Whoever wins the advantage does not win in war games. Now, I could be wrong this time. Uncle Trip Trip could switch it up on me. And I'd be blatantly wrong. And I have to come back in here and admit, you know, Uncle Trip Trip got me this time. He got me. But I don't think that I am. I think Triple H is going to stick to the formula. That's what I think. But it is what it is. You guys tell me what you guys think. Who do you think is going to win at war games? Do you think it's going to be Team Bianca? Or do you think it's going to be Team Damage Control with Bailey at the helm? You let me know. And if you want to know if you, how you can let me know, there's going to be a poll. And there's going to be a question attached to this podcast for Spotify. And you can always send a voice note if you're listening to us on Anchor. Let me know either in the voice notes or in the Spotify Q&As. Okay? Let's move on to the next war games match now the bloodline has been dominating running smackdown and raw with nothing but pure precision and roman reigns being at the helm accepts nothing more than excellence and perfection because he believes that he exudes that himself he's the tribal chief and he must be acknowledged okay now The Usos have been a dominant champion as tag team champions. They have bested the Uday's record, and they are going to be the number one tag team in WWE history. They are going to have the longest title reign in WWE history, and that has got to be a cap on their beautiful and illustrious career in the WWE. Now, the other two members of the Bloodline include Solo Sokoa and, of course, Sami Zayn, the Honorary Oose. Two members who, in their own right, have been very successful in WWE as well and have utilized the Bloodline to garner respect as well as bolster their own careers. With all that being said, when you do the damage that you have done, like the Bloodline, there is always going to be points of contention. Which brings me to the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre, and of course, Kevin Owens. Now, Drew McIntyre is a more recent adversary of Roman Reigns. Now, we all know that Drew McIntyre has been waiting and ever so patiently getting his opportunity at Clash at the Castle to best Roman Reigns. And quite frankly, that was one of Roman's best matches to date in his championship reign. But... Drew was not able to get the job done. And I know that sticks in his crawl because the very man who cost him his opportunity is standing 
right in the bloodline. Solo was the main reason why Drew McIntyre is not your WWE Universal Champion. <sighs> so what do you do? Do you rest on your laurels? Now, Drew McIntyre had other fish to fry. So he went and took care of Karrion Cross before he came back and started some shit again. And then he decided to help out an old friend. Now, in that meantime, while Drew was taking care of Karrion Cross, the Brawling Brutes were trying to get their weight up as well. You see, they're a legitimate tag team, and they wanted to get those tag team titles. And they knew that they had a plausible fight going up against the Bloodline. Well, they were looking for an opportunity, and they almost got it. A few weeks back, before Sheamus took his hiatus, they had a fatal four-way to determine Gunther's next opponent, right? This had Rey Mysterio, this had Solo, Sheamus, and another member, which I believe was Ricochet at the time. Could be wrong, but I believe it was Ricochet. Now, in this match, the bloodline was out there to protect Solo, and of course, the Brawling Brutes were out there to protect Sheamus. This led to a bunch of discord between the two teams to which they ended up fighting. Now, later on in that night, a six-man tag team match was made. Either that night or the following week. I believe it was later on that night. A six-man tag team match was made, and they had the match. This led to the bloodline taking out Sheamus, breaking his arm, so to speak, air quotes. And then the Rolling Brutes were all on their own. After all of this went down, a match was made for the Brawling Brutes to go up against the Usos at Crown Jewel. To which they accepted, of course. They competed at Crown Jewel and they beat the Brawling Brutes clean. But this still left a very bad taste in the Brawling Brutes' mouth. So, they began their hunt to try to take down the Bloodline. I mean, after all, the Bloodline did sideline Sheamus, air quotes, Real talk, the man went and got married, okay? <laughs> and so did Drew. Drew was at the wedding. He was his best man at the wedding. They're very good friends, and they have been for quite some time. This is outside of kayfabe, but let's go back in. Let's go back in through the door of kayfabe, shall we? We're going in. Anyways. So. Everybody was happy because there was no more brawling brutes to go after. There was no more Sheamus, so they thought. And, of course, Drew McIntyre wasn't going to be an issue. He had already been taken out. But what they failed to realize is that no matter how hard you keep the brawling brutes down, they're just going to keep coming back for banger after banger after banger after banger. Okay? They put on an amazing match. At Extreme Rules against Imperium. And they were on quite the roll. And they weren't going to let some hiccup at Crown Jewel and a few little gang-related bullshit keep them from going after what they truly wanted. Which was to dismantle the bloodline. The only way to do that is to attack them head on. So, a few weeks ago, we see the Brawling Brutes come out to contest the New Day and, of course, the Tribal Chief. And Solo and Sami Zayn. Well, Sami Zayn wasn't there. It was just the Brawling Brutes and the Bloodline. For now. They came out there to basically contest him. They said they were tired of the, the Bloodline and their tyranny. They were sick of it. 
And it was time to stand up and dismantle this shit. So they came down there and charged the fight. They started fighting, and of course, the sheer manpower of the bloodline overpowered the brawling brutes. But then the cavalry came in, and that cavalry was by the name of Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre came out there, and it evened up the score, and everything was right as rain. And we all knew where this was heading. The bloodline and the brawling brutes were heading to war games. But we were missing two members. Sami Zayn was nowhere to be found that past Friday, and the brawling brutes and Drew were missing a fifth. They needed somebody. Now that last Friday, this last Friday, the brawling brutes and Drew McIntyre opened up the show. And essentially what they did is just chronicle why they did what they did last week. They made it very simple. We ain't answering to the bloodline because we ain't no bitch. And we ain't going for this bullshit no more. We tired of them. We tired of them. So, Sami Zayn came out there and was like, uh-uh, don't disrespect the bloodline, okay? Just because you got a couple of goons to pull together don't mean you can hang with us, okay? You're not oozy enough to be a part of the Usos. You're not a part of the squad. You ain't got it. And whether you get a fifth or a fourth, a sixth, eighth, it doesn't matter. We're going to dismantle you. And your fifth member. And Seamus was like, hold up. Some of them a bitch. You might want to draw it back a bit. Dial it back a bit. Back. Because you don't know who our fifth is. And I think you might want to calm down just a bit. Because when you find out who he is. You're going to shit your little oozy pants. Yeah. Yeah, you're, 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 you're not going to be a... How do you say presentable? Yeah? You're going to have a little bit of problem with that, babe. Well, Sammy overstepped his bounds just a little bit. And of course, Jay Uso had an issue with it. Does he like Sammy saying? Clearly, he doesn't. He made a problem with it. Like, why are you out there running your mouth? Like, you're not supposed to be out there running your mouth. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> this led to the Uso trying to figure out who that fifth member was going to be, but all oh, they didn't have to wait to figure it out because during the match with Sami Zayn and Butch, this was to determine who would advance in the World Cup. In that match, Sami Zayn lost, to which the bloodline ended up attacking the Brawling Brutes and a fight broke out. Now, Roman wasn't there. He showed up late. So when Roman came out there, it made the tables be tipped just a little bit uneven. All of that happened and Roman came in Superman punching people and spearing people and was just staring at Sami Zayn laid out on the ground like what we going to do with you fam? And that's when Kevin Owens music hits and the whole world loses their shit bruh. It was like you know the use. Kevin Owens is coming. You know the use. So Kevin came out there walking with determination on his face. And he pretty much made a beeline for Roman Reigns and took his ass out. Okay? They got in there, got the fighting, and it was on to the break of dawn. And all I know is that when it came down to it, Roman tried to spear him and did his battle cry. And Kevin Owens countered that shit and hit him with a motherfucking stunner and took his ass out all i know is the bloodline was laid out 
and the brawling brutes KO and Drew McIntyre were standing tall. And so the match was made. The brawling brutes versus the bloodline. Now this coming Friday once again. The brawling brutes, two team members, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, will compete against the Usos to determine who will gain the advantage in the match. And I'm telling you right now, the advantage is going to go to the Usos. The bloodline will gain the advantage, which I believe, per my theory, that means that the Brawling Brutes are going to win inside War Games. Now, if they don't give the Brawling Brutes, if they decide to give them the advantage, then I fear that they will lose this match. Now, if Uncle Trip Trip, like I said earlier, pulls a little okie doke on me and switches it out, okay, I will admit that I was wrong. I will admit that, but I don't think that I am. I truly believe that I am right. But with all that being said, y'all, let's move on to the next match because there is another match. Seth Rollins is going up against two heavyweights. Well, one heavyweight and one newly enraged former Money in the Bank winner. Let's talk about it. Now, Seth Rollins has been in his bag for quite some time. And we all know that Seth can be... Let's just say Seth is quite full of himself, honey. He understands his own personal style, which sometimes can be questionable, but we love you, King Troy and Seth Rollins. We do. We love y'all both. But sometimes y'all are a little, you're a little out there. And I guess it's just not my personal taste. I just say that. I say that. Anywhoozy. Sometimes Seth Rollins can be quite abrasive with his truth. And it can be a little bit much. Mm-hmm. So, let's just get into Seth Rollins being the most sought-after man in WWE, even over Roman Reigns, which is not weird or obviously not something that was done on purpose. But let's just talk about the story. Seth Rollins is the United States champion. And if you don't know how that happened, it's fairly simple. The match was already set for Rollins to compete against Bobby Lashley. And prior to Crown Jewel, Lesnar and Lashley have had beef for quite some time. And Lesnar decided to make his comeback before Crown Jewel and just simply straight up massacre Bobby Lashley. All he said was Bobby Lashley. And then it was a full on ass whooping for about five minutes. To which Bobby Lashley could barely lift his arm or stand on his feet. Seth Rollins came out there getting ready to get in their match and thought that he was going to get a match and an easy win over Bobby Lashley. But they were carting Bobby Lashley's ass in the back. And Seth Rollins was like, um, I got a match. Where's he going? Let's do this. The rest said, no, no, no. He's been injured. We can't do that. So he took the mic and was like, I thought you were a soldier. You're no soldier. You're a coward. You're running from a match. You're running from a fight. Who does that? He goaded and gaslit Bobby Lashley into a match, and Bobby took the bait. Bobby gets back in the ring and tells the ref to ring the bell, and the title is on the line. 
and all it took was one curb stomp, and Bobby Lashley was out. Down for the count, as they said. <laughs> and there you have it. A newly crowned Jekyll and Hyde of a champion. Mr. Seth freaking Rollins. Seth decided to go and get a little blonde in his hair for the occasion. Came back to the E and showed up with newly blonde hair and a beautiful, pristine, shiny gold championship. To which he cackled and laughed at anyone who contested him. Whether it be Mustafa Ali, Bobby Lashley, or even Austin Theory. <laughs> he even tormented that man on social media. Which we'll get to at a different time. With all that being said, Bobby Lashley wasn't exactly happy. That he lost his title, but he had bigger fish to fry. Brock Lesnar was a major milestone that he had been begging for for years. And he finally got the chance at Crown Jewel to show that man that no matter how strong he was or how big of a beast he was, that he was bigger and stronger and he was going to take his ass out. But ultimately, what ended up happening is Brock Lesnar picked up the win on kind of a fluke. And Bobby Lashley was not happy. Brock Lesnar was beaten down like a damn slave by Bobby. Brock Lesnar, excuse me, was beaten down like a damn slave by Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley came back to the States from Crown Jewel with a loss and plenty of rage. And once he saw that Seth Rollins was cackling around the WWE as WWE United States Champion, Oh, he was even more furious. And he made sure to prove it. Seth Rollins was supposed to have a match with Mustafa Ali, I believe it was. Matter of fact, I think it was Mustafa Ali. I can't right off remember. He had a match, but he never really got the chance to have that match. Seth Rollins ended up getting beat down by Bobby Lashley. And when I say beat down, I mean beat down, put through a table, thrown into the ring post, thrown into the barricade multiple times over. He was put through the table and he was mouthing to the doctors and the coaches that he couldn't feel his left side. Things were looking a little bleak for our visionary, the revolutionary. And then we got a little glimpse of a new Austin theory. You see, Austin Theory decided that he wasn't going to cash in on Roman. No, no, no. Like, that's too difficult. Because every time he's tried that, he has come up short. He decided he was going to cash in on a title that usually has an open challenge at least once a week. Or a title that is always contested. When all you have to do is just walk up and demand a title shot. And usually, the champion will give you one. But Austin Theory decided, mm, I'm going to take advantage. I'm going to cash in, pick the bones that Bobby Lashley left, and get my United States Championship back. Well, that didn't go over too well. Because while Seth Rollins may have been beaten down by Bobby Lashley, he wasn't going to give up that championship without a fight. So, we were watching a match between Rollins and Theory. 
And Rollins kept kicking out, no matter what Austin Theory threw at him. From signature move to signature move to every hold, punch, kick, throw, anything that he could do, it was not making sure that Seth Rollins was down. And all it took was one curb stomp to take out Theory and retain his United States Championship. At that point, Austin Theory was a broken man. He had pretty much lost everything. His dignity, his pride, and even his Money in the Bank briefcase. He no longer was the youngest Money in the Bank recipient in history of WWE. And he no longer was the youngest United States champion in WWE history. See, all of those things have the word former in front of it. Which means it's no longer. It was in the past. It's done. And now Austin Theory has to have something else to define him. So, Theory decided that it's time out for taking pictures and being the selfie king. And it's time for me to get serious and be a man. I'm tired of people disrespecting me and treating me like I'm not belong here. Like I'm some damn, like I'm some damn prize that Vince McMahon was just carting around. I'm a legitimate threat to anybody that I go up against. And so Theory decided to prove it. Dolph Ziggler went up to Austin Theory and told him the truth. We tried to tell you year a year ago, but you weren't listening because you were too busy on your high. Riding around on Vince McMahon's coattails, happy that the chairman just saw you. He saw you. You were so happy. You didn't realize that that gravy chain was going to come to a halt real quick like. And when it did, you had to figure out who you were. You had to define yourself by something else other than a briefcase and a championship. Austin Theory didn't like that. And he was like, how about I show you who I am in the ring? Dolph Ziggler said, sure, kid, no problem. And that set Austin Theory off into a whirlwind. They had a legitimate match to which Austin Theory won. But Austin Theory was so enraged and so angry at the fact that Dolph Ziggler could disrespect him that he decided to attack Dolph Ziggler, viciously attack Dolph Ziggler, just took him out. Poor Dolph. Dolph didn't deserve that, but Austin Theory had to make a point. He wasn't just some kid that you could just push around or talk shit to. He was a grown-ass man, and he was going to command respect, whether you wanted to give it to him or not. (laughs) Well, now we come to this past Monday where Seth Rollins, Theory, and... Bobby Lashley were all separated. Bob Seth Rollins seemed to not be in the building. He pretty much had an interview and made a cameo. They asked him, how do you feel about being hunted like this? How are you feeling now after being attacked two weeks in a row by two different men with the same common goal? Seth Rollins pretty much shrugged it off and said, I feel great. I feel amazing. I'm Seth Freaking Rollins. I'm the WWE United States Champion. Of course, everybody wants a piece of me. I'm always at the top of the mountain. Who doesn't want a piece of me? 
Now, Seth Rollins made it clear that he understands the danger of Bobby Lashley and he understands the hunger of Austin Theory. And that's mainly because he was Austin Theory at one point. But he understands also that neither of those men are him. He said very clearly, I am one of one. And I said, okay, Beyonce. <laughs> he said, I am a revolutionary. I am a visionary. I am Seth freaking Rollins. And he said, after Survivor Series and beyond, I will still be your United States champion. And no matter how angry and raged that Bobby Lashley gets, or how many times Austin Theory throws a fit, that will never change. Well, Austin Theory had a few words of his own. He basically said he's tired of the disrespect. He said, I'm not that same kid that was walking around taking selfies with a briefcase. I'm a grown man, and you're going to respect me. He had his shots throwing him at Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley waited and bided his time. Theory had a match with Mustafa Ali, who's been being beaten down just about every week. Every week. And it's getting very repetitive. You know, so I don't like it. But we're going to move on. And Austin Theory won that match and was going to use Mustafa Ali as a punching bag. To which Bobby Lashley was like, mm, Hey, Theory. Since you like talking shit, I'm going to come out there in that ring. Why don't you wait out there for me? I'm going to come out there. And you can say all that shit to my face. Right here to my drawn on eyebrows. Okay? Be out there in a second. Smitches. <laughs> Theory came waiting in the ring. And here comes Bobby Lashley. Came in the ring and he says, damn, Theory. All you had to do was pick the bones of Seth Rollins. All you had to do was just get my leftovers, man. And you couldn't even finish the plate, bruh. It's like you wasn't even hungry. What happened? And then theory goes, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let's rewind and freeze. He said, it wasn't me who lost the United States Championship after I got my ass whooped by Brock Lesnar. And it wasn't me who then went overseas to Crown Jewel and got my ass whooped by Brock Lesnar again. That wasn't me. That was you. So if we're going to call a spade a spade, bitch, if I'm a loser, you're a loser three times over. Okay? Oh, Bobby wasn't liking that. He was like, oh, since you're up here talking shit, how about we put these mics down and I'll whoop your ass? So they got to fight it. Oh, they got to commence an ass whippings. Okay? And so after that, the stage was set, honey. It was set. Last week, the matches was made. It was Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory versus the current United States champion, Seth freaking Rollins. For the U.S. Championship. Now if your question is. Well Tiffany who do you think is going to win? It is very obvious who is going to win. Seth Rollins is going to retain. And I know you're probably like. But Theory's doing so great. 
and Bobby Lashley is on a roll. He's a monster now. Yeah, he is. And all of those things are true. But one thing that you're forgetting is that right now, Monday Night Raw needs a leader. And sometimes in order for you to lead, you have to show what you're using to lead the pack. And even though some people are natural born leaders and others can use their mouthpiece and charisma, and we all know that Seth Rollins can do that, you can't run the show without the gold. And since Roman has decided he'll show up on Raw when he feels like it, somebody's got to be at the top of the mountain to run the roost. So, here we are. Seth freaking Rollins is the only other coveted champion in the entire WWE outside of Gunther. And Gunther is heavily protected by Imperium. With all that being said, (laughs) WWE puts Seth in charge and he's going to stay there with that championship until they decide what they're going to do with the WWE in the undisputed WWE championships. We don't know if they're going to split them up or keep them together. We don't know. With all that being said, I think that Seth is going to be both of these men. Whether it be in a slimy way or straight up clean is totally up to them. But I think Seth is going to retain his championship. You are more than welcome to argue me to the ground. But that's just what I think. Ronda Rousey finally got her championship from Liv Morgan and she's been on a roll ever since. Tearing down Natalia as if Natalia was a true pillar in her way. Just cut her down. Not only has she been killing every opponent that she's gone up against, but she's acquired a new ally in the process. Shayna Baszler has joined the fight and become a killer as Ronda Rousey has put it. And now she's doing Ronda's bidding and everything in between, child. Now, this past Friday, Shotzi Blackheart won the opportunity to be Ronda's next adversary. There was a fatal four-way, I believe it was, with Lacey Evans, I think it was fatal five-way. Lacey Evans, Shotzi Blackheart, Shayna Baszler, no, it was Lacey Evans, Lacey Evans, Shotzi Blackheart, Sonya Deville, and Raquel. It was a fatal four-way, I think. And fatal five-way because Zia Lee was in that match. Those five women were competing for the opportunity to go up against Ronda Rousey. Now, we all, well, mostly everybody assumed that Liv Morgan would be the one to get another opportunity at the title. But she wasn't the one who won the match. Oh, nay, nay. It was Miss Shotzi Blackheart who won. Hmm? Shotzi beat all of the girls and became the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. As she went to the back, she was congratulated, um, and she ended up running into Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler basically laid it out for her. Yeah, you're in this match, you got an opportunity, but that opportunity isn't an opportunity at the title. It's an opportunity for Ronda to showcase how much damage she can really do to an opponent. And you're just going to be her guinea pig, man. You are nothing but a tool in the game of the champion. And Shotzi wasn't having that. Shotzi like, listen, I want the right to compete against her. And I'm a legitimate challenger. And I'm going to take her to her limits and take her title from her. And Shayna's like, you got a lot of mouths, man. 
Why don't you say that to Rhonda's face? And she was like, gladly. And Shayna said, well, babe, turn around. Rhonda's like, what was that? Hmm? And in the midst of her trying to tell her, she ended up getting choked at. Okay? Shayna Baszler choked her ass to sleep. And then Rhonda Rousey did one of my wounds and told her to go to sleep. Go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shotzi wasn't a big fan of that. So that following week, a match was made. Shotzi Blackheart versus Shayna Baszler. And of course, Shayna had her best friend, Ronda Rousey, in tow. And they both made it down to the ring. And Ronda ran interference as much as she could during that match. Getting in the ring, costing Shotzi to match everything she could do, she did. Well, Raquel was sick of that bullshit, and Raquel came down there and was like, well, since you run an interference, I'm going to come down here and run interference. Raquel was like, you need to back your ass up. And while Shayna was focusing on Raquel, she took her eyes off the prize, and Shotzi Blackheart was able to pick up the W over Shayna Baszler. That didn't make Ronda Rousey happy, nor Shayna. And both of them tried to attack Shotzi, but Shotzi was able to get out of Dodge with her friend, Raquel and go to the back with a W. It was a huge win for Shotzi, former NXT Women's Champion, former Women's Tag Team Champion, and one of the longest reigning NXT champions in NXT history. Shayna Baszler is a major threat to anybody she goes up against. So for Shotzi Blackheart to beat her says a lot. Well, this coming Friday, the two, the duos will tag team and fight each other. You're going to have Team Shotzi and Raquel versus Team Ronda and Shayna. And we'll see who's superior. Because leading into Survivor Series, the momentum will swing in whoever wins the match. So, who do you choose? The former UFC, one of the most dominant UFC women's champions in the world, Ronda Rousey, a former Raw women's champion and current SmackDown women's champion, two times. SmackDown Women's Champion. Do you pick her? Or do you pick the ever vivacious and effervescent Shotzi? The girl who obviously is having an uphill battle, but could very well shock the world and steal that championship for Ronda Rousey, just like another fellow SmackDown Women's Superstar, Liz Morgan. Who do you pick? I love Shotzi Blackheart with all my heart. I think she is one of the coolest WWE superstars they've had in a very long time. But I know just like you do that Ronda Rousey isn't going to give up that title without a fight. And I would be hard pressed if Ronda lost that championship. I just don't see it happening. If it does, I will be extremely excited for Shotzi Blackheart. But if it doesn't, we're all knowing where this is going to lead. You see, I have a theory about this little, how can I put it, partnership between Shayna and and Ronda Rousey. You see, Ronda and Shayna have been friends for quite some time. In fact, they've been best friends. They've been friends forever. We all know this, but Shayna and Ronda both seek the same thing. They are two dominant females always having to be at the top of the mountain. With all that being said, I've never been able to see Shayna Baszler play second fiddle to anyone, let alone her friend Ronda Rousey. I think it's only a matter of time 
before Shayna shows her true colors and goes after Ronda Rousey and starts the feud of a century. We'll just have to wait and see how that all plays out. But remember that you heard it here first. With all that being said, I hope you guys enjoy Survivor Series War Games. There's not a lot of matches on the card, which is pretty cool. We can focus on the big matches, which is the War Games match for the women and that War Games match for the men. Now, everybody knows that these matches are usually very time-consuming, but oh, so much fun to watch. And if you don't know the rules of Survivor Series, or more specifically, War Games, let me help you out. I was supposed to do it at the beginning. I'm going to do it at the end. So here we go. War Games operates like this. Two people will start the match off and compete inside the gang cage. And as time passes, I believe it's five minutes, another person will be let out of the cage. Usually it's from the advantage team first and then the other team after the five minutes is up. After each time, each minute that goes by, a new competitor is let into the ring. Weapons and everything is legal. As that time passes and all the competitors are finally in the ring, that's when the match officially starts. During that time, they're still wrestling, they're still fighting, trying to gain the advantage. When that bell rings and the match officially starts, that's when all the chaos ensues. And that's when War Games is official. So, whoever wins War Games is going to be the winner and make history. They're going to be the first main roster winners of War Games. And that's a big to, big deal, big to do. With all that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed the storyline recap. And I will see you guys in the year of 2023. I'm not sure if I'll do a storyline recap for NXT's deadline. I might. I might give you guys a little treat. You know. But like I said, I hope you guys enjoy this year's Survivor Series. And I will see you guys in my next one.